think it's like one of those those big three things in my life. Um, you know, in my anything I post, it's like dad, principal, runner. It's just become like a, a part of the fabric of everything that I do, and I just love the more than exercise. I just love that, like that time to yourself or with like somebody else or two people, just to, like really to think and be present. I think that's just often missing sometimes. So I love it. I love exploring new places. I love like checking out a map and saying like, you know, how do you get here or there and just like putting on your shoes and doing it. Hi, my name is Jeremy Stevens and this is the For Love of Running podcast. Each episode, I interview one runner and learn their story behind the miles. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Jeremy Stevens. I hope you all are doing well. Just a quick update on the podcast. Your support is so amazing. I can't believe we're on episode 15. And this show would not be possible without listeners like you. So thanks so much for listening to the episodes in the past and for sharing the show with your running community. I really enjoy the journey of creating this and improving it and listening to how these guests and these interviews are helping you as a runner. So please, please, please continue to share and keep listening. And this show wouldn't be possible without you. I can't believe it, but we're on episode 15. Today, my guest is Isaac Cardona, and he lives in Oregon. In the interview, we talk about his journey to become a runner later on in his 20s and how he likes to run the Portland Marathon and Hood to Coast Relay every year. We also talk about what it's like to raise young children to be healthy and active. Isaac and I have a lot of parallels. He has two young children, um, around three and five years old, just like me. Um, he's also in education. Isaac is a principal of a K-5 public school. So he also talks about how running helps him manage a stressful job as a educational leader and what conversation would be complete without talking about how the pandemic is influencing our running habits so Isaac explains his running streak and how he's using it to encourage his school community to stay active during this time I think this is a really positive and fun conversation that you will enjoy so please sit back and relax and enjoy episode 15 with Isaac Cardona. Welcome to the For Love of Running podcast. Today, my guest is Isaac Cardona. How are you doing today? Doing well. Here, uh, we're having some pretty good weather here in Portland. Good. Yeah. So you're on the West Coast. You're on Pacific time. You are my first guest in the Pacific time zone. So this is uh, great. Great to branch out, get on the West Coast a little bit. I know you call home Portland, Oregon, your home now, but where did you grow up? I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So a lot different climate, a lot hotter uh, and a lot less green. Yeah, definitely. I actually have a couple close friends that grew up there and it just sounds like a totally different place from where we're on the East Coast. What were some of your interests when you were growing up in New Mexico? I really loved reading. I think that was like the, the my, my go-to was just to find a good book and sit down and read it. Um, I think it was a little bit too hot to do a lot of outdoor activities. Uh, so not, not a ton of running when I was growing up for sure. What are some of those 
maybe stories that you really remember from like your childhood where you're like, man, that book was great. I want my kids to read it because I know you're a parent. Do you have any of those those books when you were younger? You're like, man, I really got into, I don't know, whether it's like fantasy like Harry Potter or, or you know, something else. I think my go-to in elementary school was Where the Red Fern Grows. And so that was definitely a book I wanted my kids to read. Just like growing up in, in the mountains uh, or in the hills and having lots of trees and dogs and which is like a, a great book. And I remember just reading it out loud and crying at the end about how sad the ending was. Um, but we actually just moved and it was like, you know, very similar. Uh, we moved into our backyard now. It's just the forest, which is awesome. So definitely a very similar experience um, that my kids get to have. I remember that story when I was younger. Did they make that into a movie? Probably. Yeah, we're not much of TV watchers. You said it had a sad ending. Does a dog die or something die at the end? I forget. I think both dogs die at the end. They do. One one dies protecting the little boy. The other dies from a broken heart. Oh, man. Yeah, so spoiler alert. Hopefully any of you listeners out there weren't uh, waiting for the end of that. But yeah, I do remember that growing up. So reading was a big interest. Like you said, the weather played a big part. Yeah. So when did or, or, or what were some did you play any sports when you were younger? I didn't play any sports. No. Okay. Did you have any siblings? I did. I have uh, three siblings, and they were the kind of the, the sports aficionados. So my brother played football and baseball. My sister was a softball, volleyball. And so I was kind of like the youngest and just took over um, everything else that was not non-sports related. So did speech and debate, um, was on a mock trial team, just very much like different nerdier things, I guess. And so you probably were stuck being the youngest and maybe not being on teams, having to go to all of their events, right? Having to travel around with them. Yeah, sometimes. And that was fun. I mean, I like watching watching games. And actually, you know, if I could go back, I would definitely play a lot more sports, pick up running a lot earlier. Yeah. Only reason I say that is because I'm the youngest of um, four kids. And uh, okay. I definitely went to my fair share of baseball games, softball, you know, all those things. I played a little bit of sports growing up. But when you're the youngest, you kind of have to just go with the flow, right? Exactly. And if somebody already calls a sport, it's kind of like a, you know, you can't do the same thing and be competitive with your siblings. Sure. So how did you eventually get involved in running? Yeah, I was a late in life runner and I had a roommate actually. Um, who wanted to run a half marathon together. And so we just began training. I think I was 25, just running in South Texas, which is pretty hot as well. And I think I, you know, had this really hard time even hitting a 5K. That first three miles was just like a, a killer for me. And I felt like there was this trail we would run. And I always take a shortcut and do about two and a half or two miles or walk before the three. And it just seemed like this kind of like insurmountable um, distance for me for some for some reason. And then, you know, just kept going and kept trying and eventually hit that 5K. And I think once I did, it was just like so much easier after that. I feel like that was like kind of when I first, first became interested in running was after I got that first 5K under my belt. And then we trained for like a whole summer together, I would say. Eventually ran a half marathon up in San Antonio. Um, I just kind of fell in love with running after that. And just ever since then, I've been really, really hooked. So about, about 10 years in now. It's amazing how your concept of a mile and your concept of distance changes as you improve as a runner. Like, yeah, looking back on it, I would say most runners probably feel that like that first mile, those first 5K, that first whatever your goal is. 
it feels like, wow, I, I don't know if I can do this. This is really hard. And then you put in the, the training and the time. And then once you push through that, it's amazing, right? You just feel like, well, all right, I can do that. I could probably do something even harder. Yeah. How old are your kids? I have two kids. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And they actually love running. My five-year-old already runs a 5K. Um, so we'll do like three miles before bedtime sometimes. And it's just so different to think about him beginning as a runner. Uh, we actually, you know, every single day I'm off in the summer times, just go for for long hikes. We just did five miles um, up into our new house, up to like a, it's called Council Crest here in Portland. But yeah, so much more just athletic than, than I was growing up. And I think I definitely want to give them those chances. That's awesome. Um, both my kids are, are five and three as well. I have a daughter who's five and my son's three. And my son's just constantly running. And my daughter likes running too. And she see, both my kids see myself and, and my wife run. And I think that's we're, we're helped instilling these, these healthy habits that are going to hopefully be you know, lifelong. That's amazing that your son's five and can run a 5K. That's, that's really cool. I totally agree. I'm like at a pretty good pace too. It's, it's kind of hilarious to see him, to see him grow it up so, so fast. So you were talking before about living in South Texas and kind of breaking through that 5k distance. And then you eventually trained for a half marathon. What was the half marathon that you ran and what was that experience like? Yes. I, I ran the, actually was it San Antonio or Austin? Maybe it was the Austin half marathon actually. Um, no, San Antonio. Yeah. And it was actually with um, your brother. Uh, we ran together. And so we started together. I was a little bit slower, I think, at the time. And so, you know, I think the first maybe seven miles, we ran the same pace. And then he eventually just like, you know, blew past and finished. But I recall it being like, not really a struggle to finish, but really a struggle with my pace. I think I always knew like, you know, once I'm starting, no matter what happens, I'm going to finish that race. But uh, yeah, I think just the unknown. I never run 13 miles. You know, I think I trained to 10, maybe 11 and so I was a little bit nervous, like I think the whole night before, the whole day before the, the race, like, what if I don't finish? Like, what if I'm a, you know, a person who thinks they can run, but I can't. Uh, and I think once you like finish that first race and you get the medal, you're like, all right, I can do another one. But yeah, definitely leading up to that, a lot of fear that it was like not something that I was capable of doing running that far, especially having struggled so much with that original 5k. Sure. And I think what you're describing that, that unknown and pacing, especially for beginning runners, I think that might be one of the hurdles that a lot of people face. And then they, they might give up or, or they feel like running isn't for them because they go too fast in the beginning. And it's all about finding that steady pace that you can hold. And then eventually over time with development, you can get faster. I think it's also just like the, the fear of the unknown. I think once I hit 13, I just always knew I could run 13 miles again. It was never like a question of like, do I need to train for this? And will I ever finish this half marathon? Like, I think it was like, you know, just that muscle memory allowed me to start saying like, what's the next thing I can do after this half marathon? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Like when you have an experience, you've done something, you gain that knowledge, you've gained that experience. Like, oh yeah, I can do this. You have confidence. I guess you gain that confidence. Yeah. For me, I felt that way. Um, when I did it, my first marathon, like I'd never gone that far. Right. Like in training, you maybe go 20. I don't think I ever did 22. And then then once you complete that, right, you you um you have that confidence going into if you're going to do it again or something like that. Let's talk a little bit about the running community. So you were in South Texas for a while, and now you're out um, on the West Coast in in Portland. 
what has the running community been like for you? You know, have you felt welcome and you know, why might other people feel the same or, or differently? Yeah, I think it's very similar where it's like, I just have two buddies that I run with for long distances. So we'll say like, let's do a marathon. We've actually done a marathon every year, the past six years. So every year I've been in Portland, we don't train together. Like we, we train, um, apart but like then you know the day of the race we'll travel together we'll stay together in airbnb and then wake up and and go to the start of the race together and that's been really nice just like have that community of just a couple of, of guys that i i'm very familiar with and so every october is the portland marathon and i've i've kind of said until the day i like retire i'm going to run the portland marathon every single year um i also live in a really nice street before called willamette um and so you you walk out your door and you're on this just really lovely running street it's a I think it's just one of the most frequented biking and running streets probably in all of Portland. Uh, and I just kind of, I think that street alone helped me become a runner. Like, I don't think I even consider myself a runner until recently, no matter how far I'd run or how many marathons. But yeah, my last one, I was like, okay, after 10 years, I can say I'm a runner now. And I think the community is just very welcoming. Uh, we also have a lot of big races here in Oregon. One of them is called Hood to Coast. And that's where you run like 200 miles from the tip of Mount Hood. Um, all the way to Seaside, which is 200 miles away on the Oregon coast. And I've done that every single year too. And it's just like, I think you just meet really cool people along the way. Uh, my last team was folks I'd never met before the race. Like we had one dinner together and then we traveled in a car for two days together, um, you know, sleeping in houses or fields and just running. And I think that's awesome. Like it's just nice to have people who have those similar interests and like the rest really doesn't matter. You can come from different jobs or walks of life, but kind of all grouped together by this love of just getting out on the road. That's really cool. That reminds me of another guest. I think it was an episode four. She talked about running hood to coast. She's on the East coast and she would travel out. It reminds me a lot of the Ragnar relays. I don't know if they have those out there, but I've heard nothing but the best things about those team uh, distance races where you spend, you know, a lot of time together and you bond. And how cool is that? You didn't even know these people that well. And I'm sure by the end of this trip, you probably consider them friends and had a really cool experience. Yeah, absolutely. Every year is kind of different. You have two different vans, so 12 legs that people run. And every year the team changes just a little bit where it's like maybe you know someone from the year prior or two years ago and the team's going in and out. Um, so I just love it. It's like a really, really great experience. And this year we were sad because it's the first year they canceled it in the history of Hood to Coast. But yeah, it's kind of like known as like the, the mother of all those like Ragnar races. It was probably the first or one of the first. Yeah. That, that actually got a lot of recognition um, when the book um, Ultra Marathon Man came out. I don't know if you've ever heard of that book. Uh, the, the guy named Dean Carnassus, he actually ran the entire thing by himself. What is it? About 200 miles or something. And he ended up and he, he details it in his book where he's running, he started before the race, you know, began and he's running through the night, ordering pizza on his cell phone and really hilarious details from there. Gosh, 200 miles by yourself. That seems like a lot. He's like a very unique guy. And I definitely recommend that book. If you've ever never read it before, it's really interesting. He talks about like all these different, how he got into running later on in life and different challenges and things that he, that he did, um, throughout his, his running story. You said you've been running now for about 10 years. Yeah. How do you feel that running has changed you? I mean, in a lot of ways. I think just like time to be alone. 
Um, I only run with one other one other person if I run into all with anybody. Um, so it's a lot of alone time, just time to like uh, hang out and think. And in fact, I you know even in working, like I just like that reflection time, having some like downtime to just think about stuff. In all my previous breaks from school, because I'm a principal, I would just like spend every day running like a, you know at least five miles. And so like every spring break or winter break, or even like even in summer before like summer school starts, they about three weeks. And so I would just run every single day and just kind of like, you know, think about how I want to make school better or more welcoming or like ways that I want to change that for my school and community. But even now it's this current break has been just really unprecedented. So I'm currently on 133 days of running every single day between like five and you know 13 miles a day. I have a lot, a lot of time to think about what I'd want to be different, you know, in school, for students, just the world in general. You mentioned earlier, just like the protests here in Portland, I'll often just like get my shoes on and run down to a protest, um, you know, march with folks for a while, run back home. Running's just changed me because it just opens up so many avenues. When I go to any new town, same thing. I just like run every single morning. I wake up, put on my shoes, um, go exploring, um, hopefully before like the kids and my wife wake up. I think even like I remember like my first time really doing that was we flew to Sweden for winter break and just like a totally different time zone. I get up really early and I was running like 13 miles every morning, just like exploring Stockholm. Um, and so when the family would wake up, I'd be like, oh my gosh, guys, I discovered this like really cool coffee shop or like this really cool museum. And so it just really, I think for me, gave me a way to just have so many new experiences I wouldn't had had I just not ever put on those running shoes, I guess. Running takes you places and it helps you see the world in a different way that's really cool you definitely are now what you would call i don't know why you doubted it before but you always were a runner as soon as you you know begin running you're a runner but you're now a streaker so you've been running you said 135 days consecutively yeah yeah and even sometimes like multiple runs per day so you know i'll do a long run i'll do a run with myself run, run with my son um, maybe like a run with my wife too and so it seems excessive. Last night was our anniversary. And so wife went to bed and it was like 11. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get my shoes on and go running. And so I did the second she fell asleep. Um, but I think at this point, like it's, I just, I really do, you know, want to keep this going. Like until school opens again, I'm definitely going to keep, keep running and keep thinking. And who knows? Like uh, I think our, our current forecast is maybe October or the whole first semester. So I don't know. I don't know how long the streak's going to go, but definitely don't want to stop um, anytime soon. That's incredible. So I'm guessing when you're going running, do you do you just go by yourself? You don't listen to anything? You just go and think? I go and I think. Um, my assistant principal actually r- runs too. He's the one person I can run with. And so we'll just like, you know, plan our check-in times like for a quick five-mile run. And we'll just like shoot ideas back and forth, things we want to change, ways to like, um, you know, plan for you know, the, the start of the school year, like in a hybrid model. Um, he actually just got promoted to being a principal. And so we run his neighborhood, run my neighborhood, you know, just have a presence, even though we're not, the building's not open. We just like let, let kids see us in our neighborhood. So like just being physically active. And so uh, I think it's nice just to, <laughs> to keep that kind of presence going, even though our, our current building's closed. Sure. There's so much to dig into. I do want to touch on your career as a principal in, in a moment, but I feel like with the pandemic, with COVID-19, I would imagine that a lot of people are running more than they ever did before, right? Yeah. It's something that you don't need a whole lot as long as you have a safe place to do it and the shoes, right? You, you can go on almost any pair of shoes, but it's great to have running shoes. 
um, I find myself running more and it, it just helps with, you know, being on in sheltered in place with quarantine, with, you know, not being maybe able to live your life as you did before all this. So that's, I think a lot of people out there listening can connect like running plays such an important role with dealing with this crisis around the world. I think that's so incredible that you get to collaborate with your coworker through running. And I bet you guys come up with really great ideas. I can probably remember a number of times about like when you're dealing with an issue, you're dealing with a problem and you go for a run and you're just able to like think about it and process it. And maybe by the end of that run, you at least have a few different options to take to solve that problem. Do you feel that way when you go for runs, especially with your coworker? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of the things that I think really makes us a, a pretty great team is just having that time. Because, you know, if you're like in one place, there's so many distractions like phones and computers and people walking in and out of rooms. Um, but when you're just like running, it's just you really just have so much time to just connect and just like really think and talk. Um, and so, yeah, we we were together for four years. And so it's four years worth of like almost daily runs. So we'd go, you know, school ends, put our shoes on, run through the neighborhood uh, and just like just talk a ton about work. And it could be, you know, decompressing about work. It could also be talking about life. Um, you know, things we want to do differently the next day, things that went well that day. It was just like a different way of doing those typical check-ins that you would do. Um, so I really appreciated just having that time. And that's, you know, for me, it was actually the first time I really began to get pushed, even in my pace. When we first began, he was much faster than I was. Um, and I think having that partner who's similar, but a little ahead, just maybe a better runner too. So I'd say a better runner or probably in a better principal. That's such a healthy choice that you guys are making, right? You're, you're, you're multitasking. So you're, you know, you're helping yourselves with the school that you're working for, but then you're also helping yourself, you know, with your, with your health, which that's amazing. So describe a little bit, your principal, what, what kind of school is it? Elementary, middle, high school, um, you know, and how you kind of just described a little bit how running helps you. Yeah. Just kind of describe, you know, the school that you're a leader of. Yeah, I'm a principal of a K-5 school here in Portland, a public school. Um, we have about 300 students. Um, I think it's uh, about 18 different languages. So one of the most diverse schools here in Portland, both racially, ethnically, and then linguistically. And um, a pretty small, we call a catchment area. So like that's the distance around where your school is. Um, we kind of have like a behind us a giant hill called Rocky View and then like a natural um barrier and so like that ends our school district essentially behind my school and then it becomes like a large interstate um, but it's nice for us because we can just like i love running in neighborhoods um, i think it's just the coolest way to see where your kiddos come from and where they live you know we had this really busy street um, near us called 82nd and it had this really bad reputation for a long time uh, just like shops on it just being unsafe and so like every single day i run i'll, I'll run up 82nd street just so that kiddos know that like you know, I'm there. I also know the things in the neighborhood that may be unsafe, but also just want to like have a really good reputation for the, the place I work to. And, you know, even though it's about 20 minute drive from where I live, I'll often just like run out there um, and run in the neighborhood and then come back home afterwards if, if you know, school's closed as it is now. Yeah. You kind of want to show your students that you're more than just the principal, right? You're a real person. You have real interests and hobbies and that's really cool, especially during this time, right? Where we probably haven't, I'm a teacher, I'm a high school teacher and. Oh, cool. You know, I haven't seen my students in person, right? 
So good getting out there, even if they see you running around the community. Yeah. So I teach uh, high school English uh, and special ed. Okay. And I'm also a cross country coach. Uh, all the best things. Yeah. So you were talking before about, you know, when you're going to stop your streak, right? When, when you'll get back to school. Um, in Maryland, they just made the decision recently that we're doing virtual all through the first semester. Wow. Okay. So that would be um, the end of January. So pretty bummed about that because they've postponed athletics right now. Um, no word on you know how that's going to go. I know in Washington, D.C., which is a little bit south of where we are, they've decided to hopefully condense the sports season. So they'll have in 2021 winter fall spring somehow put them together but i'm not sure how that's going to go in maryland but i mean there's so much unknown out there and we're a very large school district and numbers were pretty good here for a while it flattened it definitely hit a peak and then went down and then was flattened but now cases are starting to go up unfortunately um it's not like texas where my brother is or florida or any of those states where it's like really bad but it's just a really interesting time to uh to be in education to be a teacher and yeah, I think you can maybe feel the same way. Like I, we really just at our school love our kids to be active and healthy. Um, and it's hard when like you are just inside all day. And so we've tried to like say like, you know, you can go outside and explore your neighborhood or walk. Um, and we've, you know, I don't know if you use Strava. That's like the, the my go-to running app. We try to like make different routes in our neighborhood that we know are, you know, not in main thoroughways. There's a place that used to be an old dump that's now like a, it's called a Zen garden. And it's just, um, you know, there's some chickens and some, some trees uh, and some grass. And so we've made like some Strava routes. And so we'll see, you know, we'll tag parents and them or have parents, you know, run similar routes. We see parents walking through there, but it's just like, we really want to keep having and promoting getting kids outside because it's, you know, after four or five months, maybe kids are just online or inside or, you know, lacking that kind of movement you would get in a school building. There's no recess. There's no physical, like no PE time. Um, and so that's like, kind of like our big, that was one of our big spring focuses that came out of like running all the time was like, what can we do to really engage our students and still being physically active? Um, in 2019, we were Oregon's winner for the school wellness award. Um, and so we've, you know, even though we're a small school, I have two P teachers. Um, we do every, like every Friday, like a morning mile. And so kids can walk around a mile before the school day starts with their, with their parents um, or come alone. Um, and just like different different ways, you know, we partner with like people in the community to help come in and teach healthy healthy activities. Like we have OSU as a partner, which is a university. They, they do a cooking class every Wednesday. We do the same thing for adults. And then we usually in the spring, we'll have like a, a parent walker run club just through the neighborhood with us. Um, and we have like childcare at the school for, for the kiddos. Um, but when school shut down, we're like, what can we do? So We'd have like every Wednesday different challenge, like explore your neighborhood Wednesday, or you know we call it Watchdog Wednesdays. It's like a dad of great students thing. Um, so you know, go on a walk with your dad, find something cool in the neighborhood. Um, and we kept our morning miles going, so you could like virtually just like call in and see people walking in the neighborhood too. Um, but I think it's going to be a challenge if we do this for, like you said, till January. It's going to be so hard. I think for kiddos to just keep being physically active, definitely always churning. Like, how do you make this? make this work. Yeah. You have to be very creative. And that sounds like you guys have come up with some really interesting ideas. Um, Strava is a great way. You know, that's how I was getting um, my cross country athletes to try and do summer training. Now that they made the announcement, it's, it's hard, but I was just saying to them, like process it how you, how you want to, but sometimes the best way to process something is go for a run, right? Stay active, 
like maybe you're not training like you would for the season being in like August, but you know, you can adjust. I think that's really special that you're engaging your students still and, and the families. And that's so important. Um, for sure. Yeah. My daughter's about to start kindergarten and this is supposed to be a very exciting time, you know, where you're getting very excited to go to school and it's just going to be very different. We just got to, you know, make the best of it. Just like so many other people out there, we're very fortunate. Some of the difficulties that other families are going to experience, we probably won't because we have support and resources that some other families might not. All things that you have to consider. And it sounds like running is playing a really big role in your in your job as a principal. Yeah. Um, how, how does it help you as a parent? I think it's pretty similar. Like I mentioned, like just the lack of distraction. So my, my five-year-old, and it's funny how we have such similar parallels of like educators and parents of five and three-year-olds. Um, he runs every single day almost too. Um, just like a nice way to connect with him. So, you know, we don't, there's no technology. There's no distraction. We just like put our shoes on and go running to the neighborhood or the kid's bike. You know, I'll run next to them um, just to get some, some time in with them. That's really fun. We hike every day too. So I think it's just made me really just active. So every, you know, we were currently furloughed and I'm at you, but every Friday we're furloughed and now on Tuesdays too, I'm off. And so, you know, on those two days, it's just like daddy time. We'll just put our, our shoes and our bathing suits in the car and like go hike in the gorge or like go to the coast or something uh, and just like explore. So I think it's just same thing, like just a nice way to, to get out and about, especially with kids. It's one way to make something positive out of a bad situation, right? Nobody really wants to be stuck at home. No one wants to see people get sick. But I would say more people are outside and we definitely like at least once a week, probably more than that, we're going on hikes and having these experiences in nature that we probably wouldn't maybe have previously. It's, I feel like, that you know, there's so many things that are so difficult, um, whether it's like employment or housing. Um, I think it's just, you know, I, I can't imagine a different time in my life where I'd have so much time at home with my kiddos. And so I'm kind of as awful as it is, like, I'm, I'm also just really grateful that I've, I've had some chance to like see them prior to them going to school and just like growing up and spending so much time. Um, I think there are times where it's like super stressful, like, you know, they're popping in during work calls or, you know, they're having meltdowns because they're hungry or tired, but I'm also just really, really happy and thankful that I had, you know, six months with them just like to, to see them grow up. Um, makes you, makes you think about like what a different life would have been, even just to stay home as a dad. I think it'd be awesome. Sure. And, and I probably think a lot of dads out there, especially maybe ones that are working year round and they're start, you know, a lot of times they travel for work or things like that and they're not traveling as much. They're getting more time with their kids, which is definitely, I think a positive thing for everyone involved. I didn't even really cover this before. So you were in South Texas. How did you end up out in Oregon? I got married. My wife's from Portland. So we moved, we moved back. We, uh, I think we were very much um, quick decision makers. So we came to get married here. We're like, if we're going to go get married, let's just like move. And so we packed up our car and like, I think it arrived the day after our wedding, our, all of our materials and belongings. So yeah, we've been here ever since. I think uh, we just celebrated our nine year anniversary yesterday. That's amazing. That's awesome. So we, uh, we just celebrated seven. So we're right on the, we're right on the same wavelength here. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So you were in South Texas for a while. You grew up in New Mexico. And you're, you're describing like how there's so many outdoor activities that you can do in Oregon. 
would you say that like Oregon's a very outdoor play, like friendly place? Like it's a very active community where a lot of people are spending a lot of time outdoors. Yes. <laughs> I, I would say there's so many things to do. Like, you know, here in Portland, we have the river, we have the coast um, or the ocean, um, we have the mountain. And so people all year have things to do. Like there's, you know, we're on a glacier, so you can ski almost year round. Um, my, my buddy and I from school actually got season passes and like after you know, our staff meetings would like jump in the car and go skiing after work or something. There's also like paddle boarding and kayaking and swimming. And so I think there's an endless list of things to do in the Pacific Northwest, which is awesome and ideal, but you know, makes for um, a lot of people wanting to like move and live here. Sure. So I would imagine the climate and the location plays a big part in that. Did you like the switch from South Texas to Oregon as far as the weather? I did. I think one thing that's different though is like just like that sun growing up in the desert. I just really love sun. And so uh, I think the win- the first winter I was here was really hard. It's not like, you know, snow in a ton. Maybe, maybe get two weeks of snow in the metro area, but it rains, I think from October almost all the way through um, July most years, or if it's, you know, a drier year, a little bit earlier. And so you only get three or four months of sun and you, everyone just enjoys every moment of it. Um, and then, you know, outside of that, it's, it can be really hard. And so I think I had to push myself my, my second year here, just like get my shoes on and go running in the rain. Um, even if it's like 5am and chilly. Uh, and that was kind of like a big stretch. Cause I was just never, you know, after 29 years, I think 28 years of living in um, areas that are just so sunny it was really just, it was a, a culture shock almost at times just to get used to the rain. But now it's like so easy. You just go outside and, you know, you don't even notice that your shoes are soggy or gross or muddy. I think my shoes are always muddy. Sometimes getting out the door is the hardest part. And then with rain, it's like once you're wet, it doesn't really affect you. It's just getting out the door and just that initial push. I'll ask a few final questions here. Go for it, yeah. What's one of your favorite running memories? I think one of my, my first marathon definitely stands out. Um, I mentioned like that, you know, once you pass that a barrier of some sort, like you can always run it. I feel like I, you know, no matter any day of the, of the week, I can always run like a half marathon and maybe even a marathon just depending upon the, the, the distance at this point. But my first mar- marathon was just really memorable. Same thing, I had that fear of like, can I do this? Like, can I finish this race and get to 26.2? miles and here in portland like the the marathon is just such a big event in the city so so much fun and it would actually travel in front of my house on that street i called willamette um this is nice like see my son um as i pass and see him again on the way back and at the end um every year so the past um he's six he's six now i cross the finish line with him um at the portland marathon and then when you do you like get kind of like a medal and pins and they also give you like a little tree that you can plant um, to grow. And so I have a, from the year he was born, my marathon tree and my other son, his marathon tree. And they're both just like these giant trees now that have been in our yard and we just moved. And so I dug them up and put them in this big planter until we got to our new space. Um, but it just really stands out as like a, you know, that's that tree represents like one, my son being born that year and two, that, that marathon I ran that same year. Um, and this past year, he's, he's gotten such so good at running that, um, crossed the finish line again it was just like you know one of those picture moments that you they capture and i think it's been used by the portland marathon a couple of times in town of just like in, in media but it just stands out like that the first time and so i'm just really excited for every single year to kind of have that that fun experience with him of just 
crossing that, that finish line. He now gets, they've always given him now the past couple of years, a, a marathon medal too, which is kind of cool. Wow. That's really incredible. Like I was going to say, the marathon tree is so much better than any, any hardware you might have. It's so cool. Yeah. The hardware you don't care about, but the actual tree of like, no matter where we move, we have to always take these trees. And now we live like, you know, there's a forest behind us. It's easy to, to plant that guy in the, the ground. And but you can see it grow. That's just, that's really cool. That's, that's, and then it's helping the earth. So that's, that's such a, a smart thing to do, I think. Since my wife was super on board, like when we moved, we had really nowhere to go. And so we were, had this giant tree like folded in our yard, like going from Airbnb to Airbnb, or from in our car, going from Airbnb to Airbnb. And so she was just like, you absolutely cannot leave the marathon trees. Like they, they got to come with us wherever we go. So she's, she's also bought it. And she's a runner too, which is really nice. That's so cool. Do you have a favorite race distance? I only race now uh, marathons. I don't do anything else. And, and hood to coast, those two runs or races. What do you like about the marathon? One, just it's expensive to run. I don't know if other runners feel that way, but it's, it's, it gets pretty pricey, especially with the family. So like, it's nice to have that every single year in a marathon or two. Um, I love the distance. And at this point, like I've gotten pretty fast. Like I didn't, you know, I mentioned I didn't think I was a runner until last year like broke into like a, a higher tier. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like maybe, maybe I'm a runner now. Um, and I think I had, you know, I think I got out of like three sixteen, Um, and like every year I've cut 20 minutes off my marathon times. So I felt pretty good about saying I was a runner finally, finally. Um, but yeah, that's like just like, you know, 26.2 is like the thing to, to build up to. And it always just feels so good across the finish line every single year. So I can't imagine, doing anything different or anything, anything less for, for a race. You're just an example of how that development takes time, right? From 10 years ago when you first started to where you are now, it's just that consistent work. I always tell people that like, hey, you don't think you're a runner? I couldn't even run like three miles. Like, you know, a decade ago, it was a struggle. I was taking a shortcut on three miles. And now it's like, you know, three miles is nothing. It's like a run before, before breakfast or something. That's great. That's so cool. Um, do you have any books or, or um, podcasts about running or, or things that you would recommend or that you've read that you think has helped you as a runner? I think that's the hard part. I feel like I, I'm not a, a good a good runner to ask these types of questions. Like, I don't ever follow like training, like a, anything. I, so I don't read anything about running. I don't follow any um, training or podcasts or anything. I just like like running. Well, you mentioned that you're you're using Strava. Yes, I'm guessing you keep track of your your miles on there and stuff like that. Do you ever pay attention to how many miles you do in a week or anything like that? Especially if you're training for a marathon. I don't, but I did just set a goal. It's like a new app, a new thing on Strava. So I set a goal. I think at 35 miles a week or something. Okay, cool. You're doing a streak, so I don't know how much you're doing each day, but it sounds like you're running quite a bit, especially now that you know the pandemic and you're spending a lot of time at home. Yeah. Maybe your advice to runners is use Strava, right? That can be a helpful motivator, I, I think, for people who are um, starting out and helps you find routes and things like that. That's the key. Like those segments are, are pretty awesome. Um, and even just like competing against yourself and saying like, I ran this slower last week or, you know, for me, it's, it's I'm now competitive apparently. Uh, when, I, when I've been traveling in these Airbnbs, trying to get like top 10 in every segment in every neighborhood I go to now. Uh, which seems so silly, but 
it's kind of just like a nice way to set little goals for yourself. And, you know, I think it takes two to three times to get there, but it's like the first time you just like explore the, the terrain, is it uphill or downhill? You can't really tell on a segment. And then it's, um, yeah, you, you try running and then you like say, see like how you fall on the list. And then that third time, you're like you really go for it. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's been awesome for me just to see new, new places and new things. And even when I travel like abroad or even travel to new states, um, I'm traveling for work or something. The first thing I do is like pull up my Strava and we kind of, you know, plan runs from there or things to do. That's really cool. So Strava, we can check you out on Strava, right? Is that all right? If I link that in the, uh, in the show notes at the end of all this. Absolutely. And you can follow that streak every day. I post that number that, that I'm on currently. That's so cool. You, you hear a lot of people doing that, especially around, um, I think the holidays, a lot of times like runner's world has one go from like Thanksgiving to new year's. Sometimes they do it in the summer from Memorial day to like July 4th. But I mean, 135 days. That's pretty impressive. I know. And I didn't think it'd be this long. I thought, you know, we first it's kind of maybe like you, we closed down. It was like extended spring break, two weeks. And I was like, all right, well, I'll run every day for two weeks, of course, like I usually do. And then it became like two months and then it became the school year. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I just, I would feel like I had um, not accomplished something if I didn't run until school opened again. So at this point, it's just a labor of love to kind of get to that point where it's like, all right, I can stop. Like school's open, kids are in the building again, and it's you know the world's a little bit more back to normal. It becomes a part of your your day, a part of your life. Like you were describing before, how you were it was like eleven o'clock at night, and you're like, oh, I didn't get it in. You know, you feel like something's missing when you don't do it. So that's it's a healthy habit to have, right? There's a lot worse things you could be doing every day. I know. So that's really special and. I think there's a lot of people out there that do streaks. I've heard of, you know, people who do it for years. So, I mean, you're getting, you're getting close to halfway there for through a year. That's oh, man, it's hard to believe. Pretty uh, impressive. Yeah. When you're able to race again, do you have a goal for the marathon or, you know, what are you looking forward to when you can run a race again? As of now, the Portland marathon has not been canceled. And so I think that's like, you know, if that doesn't happen, the only goal I can imagine in comparison would be this thing called the Wildwood Trail here in Portland. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about the city, but we have this thing called Forest Park. It's like one of the largest parks in any urban setting. Uh, and the Wildwood Trail goes just past 26 miles. And it's been, you know, if, if I don't have the marathon, like in October, I'll probably try and run Wildwood and just like uh, go from point A to point B. So that'd be like the, the one thing I do different this year if there's no Portland Marathon. That's a great goal to have. And, you know, you think of the Pacific Northwest, I often think of like the woods and trail running and things like that. Do you incorporate that into your running at all? I do. So yeah, and where I used to live, um, you would run up and you run across what's called the St. John's Bridge, like this beautiful emerald bridge that crosses the river and goes right into the hills. Um, Where I live currently is like actually the hills. And so, you know, just down from my house is what we call the Markham Trail. And so within one minute I'm on a, a trail running up or running down, which is really nice. And so I've just begun incorporating that into my daily life. Before I had a really flat street, which is nice. And I, you know, because it was on a bluff, I had so much sun. It's kind of a nice way to just be like, it's sunny. I'm going running right now. Uh, but yeah, I think trail running is kind of like that next step that I'll be doing uh, in this new, my new digs. That sounds like you really lucked out with your new, your new house. That seems like a really great location. Oh yeah, absolutely. What about you? Do you have anything big coming up? 
so right now, like you, I'm trying to stay motivated. And so my goal that I've been working towards for a while is this week doing a 50 mile week. So I actually only have one more run to do. So tomorrow's a long run, 18 miles and I'll be there. So feeling pretty good working up to that. Um, back when this all started, like you said, it felt like, oh, this will only be a couple weeks. And I was working on a, a 10K like PR. Um, I actually have a, a friend who is a running coach. He's actually uh, interviewed in episode five and he helps, you know, put together a plan and, and, and uh, you know, help me achieve these PRs. And so I actually was able to get that in a time trial racing against no one um, back in April. So that was really cool. But it's definitely hard to find that motivation when you're not sure when the next race is coming. In Maryland, they just canceled the Baltimore Marathon, which is in um, October. Oh, man. You know, all the major marathons are canceled. Like, I'd be in pretty good shape right now for a marathon. I'm getting, like, lots of miles in, but there's not one out there. So you kind of have to be creative. The thing, like you said, where you're running that trail, you know, that's something that I'll probably have to come up with next. So the the first goal was to get to this 50-mile mark. Feeling good. I think I'll do it. And then, um, yeah, I don't know what's next. It's an interesting time. Just uh, putting in miles and challenging myself and trying to get on some trails out here, which are nothing like probably out there. If you're ever in the Pacific Northwest, come on down. We got some good routes over here. Oh, definitely. It looks so beautiful there with like moss covered rocks and, you know, huge evergreens and yeah, it definitely looks like that's a place I want to get to and, and run. So Isaac, let's finish up our conversation with why we're here, right? So why do you love running? I think it's like one of those those big three things in my life. Um, you know, in my, anything I post, it's like dad, principal, runner. It's just kind of like a, a part of the fabric of everything that I do. And I just love the, more than exercise, I just love that, like that time to yourself or with like somebody else or two people just to like really to think and be, be present. And I think that's just often missing sometimes. So. I love it. I love exploring new places. I love like checking out a map and saying like, you know, how do you get here or there and just like putting on your shoes and doing it. I love that you, you know, even outside of like driving, you can just like go somewhere new and just have such a different experience by running through a neighborhood or through a, uh, a city or through a park than you would if you were in a vehicle. And so I just love like kind of all the things that it opens up, all those doors or access to, to really cool experiences. And so... Hopefully I can run until I, until I die just to, to keep having these kinds of similar experiences every single day. For me, it's just like a, I don't want to say a lifesaver, but like a, a thing that makes life really enjoyable. That's such a great place to end our conversation. Isaac, I really appreciate you sharing your time today and sharing your story behind the miles. Like I said before, I'm going to link your Strava in the show notes, but I really appreciate you coming on the For Love of Running podcast. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate it. That just about does it for episode 15. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Dad, principal, runner. Isaac shared how running has become woven into the fabric of his life. As of mid-August, Isaac has run 155 days straight. He plans to continue his streak until school reopens. If you want to follow along, his Strava is linked in the show notes. I want to thank Isaac again for sharing his time while his family was still getting settled into their new home. 
Thanks to the podcast team. Thanks to Elisa from Red Star Creative for our logo. Thank you to John Vogel for the original music. My producer, John Stevens. And finally, thanks to you for listening to this episode of For the Love of Running. You have a lot of podcast choices out there. I appreciate you choosing this one. If you like what you hear, please review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. Share this with your running community and connect with us on social media at For the Love of Running Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Jeremy Stevens. Happy running! Happy running!